0: LeBou Stradamus strikes again. Welcome back to the 5.5 Podcast Emergency Edition. I'm your host, Danny Ortiz, alongside with uh, future, uh, actually, future lottery winner, I would imagine, at the rate you're going, Eric. Eric LeBou. Welcome back, sir.
1: Hey, man, I have the numbers, but I'm saving them. Yes. You know, it's like I want to win the lottery, but then I kind of don't because I enjoy the struggle. Life is all about the struggle.
0: (laughs) Can you tell me the Powerball numbers? Because no. I mean at this point, at this point, I feel like, as your co-host and your good friend, I feel like you should you should share the wealth.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I don't know, man. I, I think I'm gonna keep my predictions strictly Padre based. Yo, know, we
0: speaking <laughs> of predictions, we have been on fire. And our most latest one, Eric going out with the hottest of hot takes that Fernando Tatis Jr. will make the Major League roster it has been announced. I think Dennis Lynn may have broke it first. Uh, My Twitter feed has been uh, bogged down, so it's hard to get it. But Fernando Tatis Jr. is officially a San Diego Padre on opening day.
1: Hallelujah. Holy shit. Yeah, hallelujah. Dude, so I was sitting there. I got off work. So I just started an earlier shift, which is great. So it was about 5.15. I was heading to my car. Yeah, I was at home. (laughs) As soon as I I turned on the radio, I hear Scott Kaplan announce it. And I'm like, oh shit. (laughs) So I hop right onto Twitter, and I see it right there. I see Dennis Lynn. Um am Fernando Tatis Jr. He is breaking camp with the club, which is, we were clamoring for that, dude. We wanted that so bad. And now it's happening. It's happening, dude. There was a tweet that said like Fernando Tatis makes his case for
0: breaking the club, even though it's unlikely or something like ver- that's not verbatim, but something along those lines, right? Like he makes a strong case, even though it seems unlikely. Right. And he's on the fucking team. I am stunned. This is
1: almost the most perfect offseason we've ever had. Yeah. I can't believe it, dude. If it's if it's a little bit windy in here, a little bit drafty, it's because the Padres window just swung wide open. Yes. Wide open. If Machado wasn't enough, dude, bringing in Tatis right now, letting him get, get through his struggles, uh, work his way through it, and come up because he's going to start slow. Well, I've been saying this for months. When he gets started at every level so far, he started off slow. So I, I foresee him struggling a little bit. I'm not trying to throw cold water on anyone's erection here but I can see him struggling a little bit out of the gate and it's fine because he's gonna hit his stride and dude it's gonna be so much fun to watch it's gonna be so much fun to watch we've been waiting for it and it's here dude the time the time is now man
0: the time is indeed now now I I think you can make and I've said this like before, by the way, what time's Craig Metty getting here with my crow sandwich? Because this yeah. guy's killing me. Yeah. He has been killing me <laughs> with everything that's going on. But I think you can make like a valid argument that, like, hey, Tatis in AAA, it makes sense. He only has X amount of bats in AA. Let him face some advanced pitching, see how he does, and then go from there. But to to Preller's credit, because we know, like, you know, Andy Green, I'm sure, has some say in it. But this is the front office's job, right? It's Preller's yeah. job. Preller had said I can't remember when I was probably going into this offseason but as far as tatis goes he will tell us when he's ready based on like not just performance but based on his own development based on what we see from him he will tell us when he's ready yeah. what I love is that you have Vlad jr who I wouldn't and I'm not trying to be a homer here but I would not take over tatis just no. because of a you know a tool for tool comparison but he is almost consensusly the number one prospect in baseball His big ass is starting in AAA. (laughs) Not because he needs to work on anything, because he ain't going to get better at defense. He's already a DH practically. He's down there strictly because the Blue Jays are trying to manipulate his service time. Now, I understand the Blue Jays aren't very good. They're probably not going to be good for a couple years. They're trying to save Vlad Jr. as long as they can so he can be a big part of their next great team. The Padres are going the opposite direction and saying, the window is here, the window is now. We've signed Machado. We have guys in the rotation that we like, which we'll touch on a little bit. We've got the veterans. Like, we like our lineup. I have liked seeing the lineup they keep posting for spring training. Yeah. And it's like – It's a been point deadly. Where, yeah. It has been. I mean, it's spring training stats, and we're going to touch on some of this stuff. But at the end of the day, it's like I'm looking at this lineup, and I think we might have talked about it last week on the pod. We definitely talked about it in spring training and, you know, uh, other elsewhere conversations in that if you squint hard enough, you can see a scenario where the Padres – maybe overplay their projections and flirt with like a second wild card. Now that Tatis is on the roster, he's probably going to struggle. I, he's going to go like 15 for 100 in the, with two walks and 30 strikeouts in the first month while he adjusts and then take off. My hot take right now is that I think Tatis is primed to be the rookie of the year. I think that's that's going to be my, my guess right now. My prediction is he is going to be rookie of the year. But now with him being up there, you can see that the Potters are not prioritizing winning later. And I like this idea because I know he's not the potter's favorite guy, but Keith Law always says about controlling service time. You don't know what the hell's gonna happen in six or seven years. Like You're basically trying to manipulate something now, and I understand it's a business, but you're manipulating something now in hopes that six or seven years, things are gonna go how you wanna go. You can't project that far down the line. All you know is this year. So what I love is that the potters are looking at it and going, you know what, he's ready now. We need a shortstop now. And so we're going to go with our best guy for that position right now, regardless of service time, which leads me to think
1: maybe he might be signing a contract extension soon. Yeah, that's, dude, that's, that's what we've been wanting all along. That's absolutely what we've been wanting all along. And we've seen all these players... Uh, signing extensions. Tilo Jimenez just team. signed one. Yeah, you have those guys. Like, like it's coming for Tatis. I feel it, dude. I felt it for a while that this this type of extension is coming. And and to a lot of people's point, like when Machado signed, any like oh service time or whatever, any oh we're gonna trade him after three years when he gets really good, it's fucking gone. dude. That
0: shit is out the
1: window now. That's not the Padres anymore. No. All right, the Padres are here. The Padres are fucking here, and I can't believe it. And and I'm gonna I'm gonna admit to something right now, and you guys can bash me on Twitter. I don't care. But when I heard the news that Tatis was making his debut and that he made the team for opening day, I got misty-eyed, dude. Oh, God. I got (laughs) misty-eyed. I got a little bit of a quiver lip. You know why, man? Because I've lived and died with the Padres my entire life. Yeah. My entire life. They've got me through such shitty times in life, as stupid as it sounds, and they've been so shitty themselves. But just living and dying with those guys, dude... Every step along the way, we've gone through so much pain and so much anguish to now get where we're at right now. It finally feels like it's paying off. It finally does. I mean, we—you know, Machado, so
0: Machado and Tatis are joining the upper echelons of the left side of uh, the infield for the Padres, such as I believe his name that took a little green spot, Luis Rodriguez, I think was his name. <laughs> was that his name? Elrod? Elrod, Elrod. Yeah. Davy Cruz, D'Angelo Jimenez, yeah. Sean Burroughs. Like, I was thinking about the Padres 2000 and like, 14 lineup and thinking like we had fucking Yonder Alonso at first. Like we were hyped for Jed Jerko, but he wasn't that good. Like Solarte took his job. Yeah. (laughs) Like your (laughs) (laughs) jerk! It is finally getting to a point where like I can actually say, like, you're goddamn right I'm a San Diego Padre fan. Like, finally. And it it we talk about like hype, like I'll wear, like, I see people out with Padre Gear. we Went out like you go out and you wear Padre gear and there's all kinds of buzz and now we get Tatis and it just seems like this organization is finally operating and we shit on them so much up until they signed Machado. They, you know
1: what? They yeah. completely deserved it. But
0: they and they did. You're absolutely right because they had to like the whole apologize to front office. Give me a reason to. Re- I'm not gonna apologize. Like I demand a good team. But our front office, I feel like we're finally acting like a major league ball club. Like this is a club that legitimately wants to win. Now. As much fun as it is to, like, oh, Tatis, he's finally going to get a real number. Like, hopefully I give him 23. Oh, Um, yeah, he's getting 23. Yeah, so I I hope so, because... uh, (laughs) Give him whatever number he wants. Yeah.
1: Give him a number six.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I thought you were going to say 19. I was going to throw you through the slide. No, absolutely (laughs) not. Absolutely not. Almost any number he wants. Yeah, almost any number. Give him Winfield's number. Yeah. Um, But uh, the kind of bummer that this kind of leads to, the fallout is what we had feared already in that it's been official that Luis Urias has been squeezed out. He's going to start the year in AAA. Now, I know you have a counter-argument for this. This is my fear, and this is what I was afraid of with seeing Kinsler get so much playing time at second base, seemingly every day, and being leadoff, and having a quote-unquote good spring, is that he at some point Urias was going to get squeezed out. So this is, I mean, it doesn't put a damper because I can separate them and be fucking stoked for Tatis that he's going to be there on opening day. But I am bummed the fuck out that Rios is not going to be there on opening day, especially because it was such a big deal around him debuting last year. He got hurt, so we're kind of bummed. And now he's going to start the year in AAA, which to me I feel like is redundant. I don't want to hear about his strikeout rates in spring training. Like I understand some things can maybe be seen as like you know, well, you, maybe you can kind of, you know, predicate some stuff on spring training stats and, and predict for the future. I'm a believer in that. That doesn't mean jack shit. Like, I, I think Fangraphs or Hardball Times released an article of like these guys who had these huge spring trainings and then never did anything. You know, to me, like Irius was basically your top closest prospect last year. You gave him the everyday bats at second base. You went out and signed a veteran for Kinsler, stating like he's coming in to play second and third. Right. So you got inside Machado, great. But now, okay, Dennis Lynn's saying, "Hey, Arias is probably going to open the year at short. He's gotten a lot of playing time over there. He looked good. And then now Kinsler is going to be second until Tatis is ready. Arias will slide over. Now it's well, Tatis is going to be your shortstop. Arias is now sliding down the depth chart, and now they're giving it the job to giving the job to Kinsler, which to me is an issue because I don't feel like you're fielding your best team. Maybe Kinsler might be better right now for the next six to eight weeks than Arias because you're, he's steady. You know what you're going to get, but to me." I don't want to sacrifice that just because Kinsler had the quote-unquote good spring. Like I don't care if he had a good spring. I think if you really think Arias is your future second baseman, he's already hit at Triple A. He's already been at that level. He spent the whole damn year there. Like he needs to be in the majors. He's not going to learn to hit advanced
1: major league pitching in Triple A. Okay. See, I agree with that. And what what I want to say, I want to preface this with this. Not breath, God. I want to preface it with the with the following. I want. Uri to be the opening day second baseman. It's not going to happen. I'm really bummed out about yeah. it, too. Like I, I want nothing more than to have our future infield solidified right this second. So I'll play devil's advocate. On the contrary, here, you got to go with the hot hand. You got to go with the high hand. I don't care if it's spring. I don't care if it's spring. Um, but here's the one thing that I want to talk about because I know, oh, blah, blah, blah. It's spring. It's spring. It's not indicative of whatever. Urias was striking out a lot. His calling card his entire way through the minors has been contact. This guy makes contact. He might not hit for power, but he's going to spray the ball all over the place. He struck out a lot during the spring, dude. And and the the air, the elevation, whatever, whoever you're facing, I don't care. Strikeouts, dude. You're, you're swinging and missing. You're swinging and missing. You're striking out. He's That's what he's doing. So you got to play the high hand. Them bringing up Tatis and having him begin the year with the big squad, also Paddock, that tells me they want to win right now now so to your point even if it's just for the next six to eight weeks that kinsler is better then he plays right now you got to go with your best team man i am at okay. this point i they're going for it this year man they I, are and and i you mentioned earlier i think they're one pitcher away i i honestly think they're a dallas Kaiko away from the playoffs at this point, I can buy that. That's what I think. And so, if Urias is struggling, he had a terrible spring. Let him go down into, into El Paso. Let him tear shit up for a few weeks, whatever it takes, because there's no pressure down there. I don't think I don't think he's a guy that folds under pressure, anyways. But there's two things: one, there's no pressure, and two, it's gonna light a fire under his ass. You know what I mean? He's like, "Fuck, man, um, I I thought I was gonna I, I was good enough. I thought you know this was gonna be me," and it it kind of knocks him down into reality. Not that he needed it, but. If you can provide any sort of motivation for these guys to come back and be better than ever, I think this is it for Urias. I think it's it for Urias. But on the contrary, Ian Kinsler, he's 95 years old. <laughs> he's 95 years old. So play him right now. Play him for a few weeks. Let him get all of his good shit out of the way and then trade him. Who cares?
0: You know, I, I – and I can counter my own argument with saying, like, I understand that you know Urias did strike out more in AAA last year than he had at any other point. Mike. I would say like, well, yeah, he's facing – this is why I like the idea of guys facing advanced pitching because in AAA, you, it's not like with pitchers, right? Like pitchers, they only have – this is why I like that Paddock makes a team. There's only so many bullets left in the chamber that, to me, if you think he should be starting in AA or AAA, you're a fool. Right. Because he could blow out and then you don't get anything out of him. Where at least if he's going to blow out, blow him out where he's giving you major league innings, helping you win. He's not helping you do anything in, tri- in AA or AAA. A. I keep, so I I'm good with hitters going through AAA because they get the advanced pitching without the pressure of performing at the major league level. So I, I think my disappointment is more in that I'm a little bit more emotionally invested. Like I love Tatis, he's obviously favorite prospect, but Urias is like one A for me. Right. And maybe it's because I'm a short Mexican <laughs> with no power. Right. <laughs> but I've, I I love like Urias was kind of like that first prospect that we had. We're like, oh, well, this guy, this yes. guy looks like he could be like legit like not like chase headed like he looks legit um and so it is a bummer because there was so much excitement for him to come up and now he has to go back to triple a if the idea is he's going down there to make adjustments and because the strikeouts have been a problem i mean i'm not going to sit here and argue against that he's been king a ton um if there's going down there to make adjustments to the leg kick and maybe trying to tone it down because it's gotten bigger as time's gone on and tone that down and, and tone down the two strike approach i'm okay with that as long as that when he comes up he gets all the at bats. Yes. You know when he comes up, as long as he gets all the at bats, I'm okay with Ian Kinsler because I feel like I want Tatis to be peaking in Kinsler, who is an excellent leadoff hitter. Maybe he had a little bit more pop, but excellent leadoff hitter, base runner, defensive second baseman, great player. It, you know, I, you could argue, you know, if you want to use the jaw system, that you know, in totality, Ian Kinsler is a 57 win career player. Like he's pushing. You know, to have a decent Hall of Fame argument. So oh he's, boy. he's ha- I mean, I'm not saying he's a Hall of Famer, but if you're a war guy, he's pushing 60 war. Like you could say, like Ian Kinsler was maybe a little bit underappreciated. I'm hoping Tatis ends up being Ian, Ian Kinsler in the long run. So I'm okay with Kinsler now, as long as the commitment to Arias is still there. And the idea is, you're going to go down here to work on some things. We want to see some mechanical tweaks because we're worried about the strikeouts. It has persisted since Triple A. You haven't really gotten around it. So, work on that. And when you come up, the job will be yours, but you got to earn it by making these adjustments and proving you can do that. I'm okay with that. My fear is that he is going to be jerkoed in that he's. And then Jerko got a lot of plate appearances in that, but that. Or kind of like Margot, where he plays, but he's not playing every day. He's being swapped out later. He's coming in late. You know, he's not just the everyday guy getting the whole nine innings. That's my concern. It's it's kind of like my concern with Mejia, where I think he would said he's like officially. I don't know if he's the backup, but Hedges is the opening day, you know, catcher.
1: Oh, they have a, they have the best catching tandem in baseball. Well, That's they might. I mean, they very well might. But they're I, they're not they're not naming a starter and a backup. They have two catchers. And a lot it's of, Hedges and Mejia. A lot of teams are doing that, and I'm okay with that.
0: I would prefer that Mejia gets you know the the chunk of the playing time, 60-40, because I think pitch framing is going to go you know by the wayside because I do think the radar K zone is coming. Mm-hmm. Um, And I do think Mejia has a higher upside. Like, Hedges is hitting his upside to this point. Like, he's not going to get on base at a high clip. He's going to be a low on base, good pop guy who runs into some home runs and slugs over 400, who's an excellent defensive catcher. I think Mejia can be a solid defensive catcher, improve on his framing, and be a star hitting catcher. So I think the upside's higher. I think you have to go with that. But I'm okay with them with the idea of doing a tandem – just because that seems to be strategically the best way to go. With Arias, they have to be all in if they're going to send him down there to work on stuff when they bring him back up. They cannot give him the the Jed Jerko, Bud Black treatment of he's got to learn the speed of the game sitting (laughs) on his ass. I've said it a thousand times, I don't know about anybody else, but I never learned how to do anything physical by sitting on
1: my ass and watching somebody else do it. See, to their credit and to Andy Green's credit, and I haven't been too. <laughs> <happy>. <laughs> what? I to whose credit? I haven't been too happy with Andy <laughs> in the last uh, 24 hours. <sighs> but to Andy's credit, last year he played Urias every chance he could. You know, when he was healthy and and when he was healthy and he was able to play, he was playing. So that's what tells me like they legitimately want him to be working on something. And at this point, they have a viable option in Kinsler to where they feel like right now Kinsler is going to be. That the best option to help them win. Um, I mean, at the same time, I, I can I can pull Dan Silio. I can I can switch hit on this topic. You put cheese on your face, big guy. I can switch hit on this topic. I want to see Urias work through his struggles <laughs> at the major league level. But you know what? They chose to put him down AAA. So fuck it. I, what I want to ask you is: Do you think that the organization saying, "Hey, we want you to hit for more power"? Do you think that? That kind of change for Urias played into this at all? His strikeouts? Was was it ever
0: confirmed? And I know we've had tons. We've had so many conversations, uh, you know, off the pod with John Conniff that I forget what we talk about half the time. Um, And That's, of course, uh, at Matt Fryers. Go watch them, because they're going to be covering Urias. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) But... I don't know. Like, was it ever confirmed that like they wanted him to hit for more power?
1: I'm pretty sure. I mean, I don't want to. I don't want to say those Mad Frizz guys that said it in particular, but I feel like it's been well known that they've wanted Urias to start hitting for more power. See,
0: that, my problem with that is they did that to Burrows, like, and it's been well documented. Like, they tried to, they tried to tweak Burrows' swing to get away from what made him a good prospect. I'm not okay with them. Like, to me. Like I don't think launch angle is number one. Launch angle is a result, but I don't think trying to lift the ball works for everybody. I think it's give and take. Like I don't see Urias having a problem running into more home runs just because I think the ball in MLB is juiced, and so the ball's a little bit different. The ball flies a little bit differently.
1: The exit I, velo's there for Urias. Yeah,
0: he hits the ball hard, yeah. and as time goes on, as he he's still really young. As time goes on, and he gets stronger and better, and and really learns to hone in and hunt. You know, he's going to run into home runs. I do think he can be a 10. Like, I don't think Manny Margot is going to out-home Marius. I think it's realistic because of the quality of contact he makes. He'll run into 10 to 12 dingers. So, if they're sending him down there to retweak and say, hey, get back to where you were. We made a mistake. We want you to go back to where you were. I'm okay with that. But I... I I'm just so bummed like now that I'm thinking about it
1: It, it's kind of like so Craig Elston said uh, every every rose has its thorn (laughs) and I actually think that's perfect because dude that's a perfect way to put it because we got so excited dude so excited with uh, Fernando Tatis and then the news comes out about Urias and it just it completely sucks dude but there's you know, there, there's so much excitement. I wish they'd
0: have told us at first that Urias was going to AAA. Yeah, because it would have been like, oh,
1: uh, oh, fuck yeah. yeah.
0: I it it would have been a little bit better. They kind of reversed it. Like, can we as Padre fans, I mean, I'm like I said, it's probably the best offseason we've ever had as fans. Because um, I don't remember trading for Kevin Brown. I just remember he was really good. Right. Like, can we just have everything go our <laughs> way, like, just once?
1: Yeah. <laughs> just well, once. You know, everything everything can't go everyone's way like it does for some people. We have someone on the uh, the Quirky's hotline, the 5.5 oh, podcast hotline. Um, what I want to bring in here, dude, the fans are going crazy. And no one better to bring in the voice of the fan than the competition. Uh, he's at AF Mazone Find him on his podcast, the Mazone Minute, at andrewmazone.com. Andy, what do you think about Tati's breaking camp with the club?
0: Hey man, it's awesome.
1: So see, Andy's really excited, dude. He's <laughs> he's really happy about it, and you know what? I am too. I am too. Nothing can get me down. Uria sucks, but this is not going to get me down. We dude. can't I'm have the so Matt Fires
0: guys on anymore because the amount of insight <laughs> Mazon's given us in two podcasts completely stunts anything <laughs> Kevin Charity's pulling out.
1: Yeah, we we need to get that we need to get that man uh, credentialed. Yes, we need to get him do. credentialed. So, yeah, I I, I kind of want to go back to to Tatis, dude, because I can't remember. Dude, I'm pumped now. Let's go back to him because that's pumping me back up. It is, it is. You know, it's it's just kind of like where they're at as a team right now. I've we've said it before, we've said it ad nauseum. I've never been more confident in where they're at. I've never been more confident in where they're at. It's it's a combination. It's like waves of talent. It's like. Again, what Andy Green said: Waves of talent—they're starting to hit the shore. It's getting fun. It's getting so fun, dude. You see all the videos on Twitter. You see the gifts. You see the—you um, know—the hype videos from Giannis and from um, Ivan uh, Ber- Bergueno, the, uh, another up-and-coming goat in the Padres video scene. <laughs> it's just, dude, I can't believe it. Like. Where, a year ago. We had Freddie Galvis, and we we're sitting there like, "Oh, hey man, uh, maybe we signed Galvis to, like a three-year extension, Who's two we? or three years." Who's we? was very
0: divisive, though. Yeah, I say
1: Potter. Right. Yeah, hey yeah. man, Freddie Galvis fan club. Yeah, fuck you, dude. <laughs> <laughs> like, we don't have to worry about that anymore. And, and I can't tell you how happy I am, man. Like, I'm, I'm giddy right now. I, I can't believe it. it. It's, it has
0: been, and I, and I mean the Urias stuff is, is a bummer, but I do think in the long term, like. I trust Preller enough that when Urias comes back up, it's going to be because Preller believes he's ready to go and he's going to give him the everyday spot. And this is where it comes down to trusting the process, right? Like, you never buy what GMs tell you because they're always full of shit. Right. Oh, Chris Bryant's going to go work down and work on his defense. This motherfucker is probably the best guy on your team right now. You're sending him down there strictly because you're worried about service time. Yeah. You know, Vlad Jr. is a big thing, right? And those guys don't forget about it. Vlad Jr. congratulated Fernando. Oh, on, did he? On Instagram, yes. Oh, really? He congr- he posted on Instagram and congratulated his amigo, Fernando Tatis, nice. for making the opening day roster, even though Vlad's probably been ready for about the last eight months. Yeah. Now, um, but, you know, it, it's, it's so good. We have said it. You mentioned like now you're believing, right? We've said it before. Like we can see it. Like you're starting to see these prospects come up. You're starting to see them get really close to the majors. We said last year, like you can see the first wave. And now with Tatis being on the roster, now you have Machado, and now you have like, you know, Mejia's making the team. Chris Paddock got broke. You know, got the news broke to him, and probably you talked about you teared up. You know, you got you got uh, teary eyed, right. misty eyed at Tatis. Yeah, my I was like I got a little emotional. When I heard about, like, when I saw, because I didn't know how the conversation went, just, like, Chris Paddock finds out when he gets pulled from last night's game that he's starting on Sunday. He's going to make his major league debut. That was awesome. Like, I saw that, and I must have watched it a thousand times. I'm like, I will quote Moneyball, the movie. How can you not be romantic about baseball watching that? Like, and the thing is, we are so close. We've said it's more like, they're right there. Now we have Paddock. He's making the roster. You know, Strom came out of fucking nowhere in a hose job trade, and he's obviously making it. I mean, he is going to make it after getting, you know, after we hosed the Indians who allegedly wanted him back. Oh, did they? <laughs> uh, I thread something like, Well, too bad you can't have him. He's ours now. <laughs> <laughs> Woodside joke. <laughs> and yeah. then, like, Tatis is making the roster. We signed Manny fucking Machado. Yeah. Who acknowledged you at spring training of all places. Like, Amen. This has been the most hype offseason we've had to the point to where now you can, and, and again, Preller said. He will tell us when he's ready based on his production, based on where we see him from a development standpoint. And apparently he's telling Preller he's ready now. And I love that Manny was vocal. I love that Tatis was vocal about it. Like there wasn't like, oh, you know, like Nick Senzel, I'm sorry, man. You're a pussy. <laughs> you you ops like a thousand in spring training, I think, and you sat there and said, "Well, oh, you know, I went out there and I didn't earn the job." Gross stuff. Grow a fucking sack, guy. <laughs> you earned that job, and you're being held down. You should call him out for that. Don't sit there and say you didn't earn it. You ops to one thousand. You deserved to be on the roster. Tatis wasn't sitting there. Oh, go to earn the job. He flat out said, "I'm, I'm the ready. man. Yeah. I'm ready now. Put me in now. I will prove to you I'm ready." Like I love it, and I love that our team is taking that chance and saying, "You know what?" We might win this year. We might as well go for it because, like I said, you can't project what's going to happen in six or seven years. Knock on wood. Tatis could blow out tomorrow. Who knows? Machado could bust. Who yep. knows what could happen? Like,
1: chances so you, are low, but yes.
0: Yeah, it, it, of course, chances are low, but it's a non-zero chance. So you go in now, and then plus now we have like you know Padres' enemy Keith Law jizzing himself <laughs> all over Luis Patino, right. who's basically. I love the quote of. Here's a fastball move the way you've never seen it move before. Good luck, hitters. Yeah. Like, we have so much talent. It's like, Mackenzie Gore is a stud. Like, our time is coming, and our time very well may be now. And, our time is right now, dude. And here's the best part. We've mentioned my uncle many a times. <laughs> Notable Dodger Homer. Craig Metty knows him well now. They're co yeah. coworkers. Notable Dodger Homer. He texted us about Tatis coming up, and the way he structured the text was clearly from a place of fear. Yep.
1: We Clearly have, from a place of fear like, "Oh god, the Padres are coming and the Dodgers' time is dwindling." We have struck fear in the Dodger <laughs> fans. We have finally done it. He says, I brought up the text right here. "Can't believe Tatis is on their major league roster." To which I quickly responded, "Believe it, scrub. This is our division now." We're here. You know, you mentioned yesterday's game. You mentioned uh, Chris Paddock and finding out that he learned that he had made the Love rotation, it. which is great. Part of me yesterday I was kind of reminiscing a little bit. And it's kind of funny to kind of like see where we were, and this is even at the beginning of this offseason, and then where we're at now and how You're it's miserable. And how it's so beyond anything that we ever could have dreamt about. So watching Mike Leak get the start yesterday and get completely oh ripped to shreds. All I can think about was, man, we were clamming, We're like, oh man, dude, wouldn't that be great if we can move Myers? I mean, hey, it sucks to move Myers, me personally, sucks to move Myers, me too. but you know what? We would get back Gene Segura, who's really good. He's really good. You get back Gene Segura, you get back Mike Leak, who could be a, a solid three, and you look at it this way, yeah, I mean, Tatis moves to third, but you've upgraded so much, you have Gene Segura at short, and you have Tatis at third, to which I said, and we mentioned this in an earlier podcast earlier in the year, I said, that's not enough to win a World Series. It's not. I don't care. And then, what do we have now? We have Machado at third base. We have Tatis at shortstop. We eventually have Urias at second base. We have Hosmer at first. We have Paddock in the lineup. We have Framil Reyes, who could very easily put up forty bombs. He just hit one to Japan last night. <laughs> it, absolutely insane. And Jeez. I, I feel like he got fisted a little bit on that. And yeah. just pure brute strength out to center field. And looking where we where we were at at that point, and we're, what going we're at excited. About 98
0: for. miles an hour last night it's, I mean, just yeah. car Yeah, and
1: good then good grief. looking at where we were at that point, and looking at where we're at now. Now, it's so beyond anything I ever could have imagined I love that you brought that up because when
0: I was watching because I, I put on Twitter like hey I didn't know about the MLB free game I'm like hey guys like DVR at midnight it's gonna be on and I'm thinking like oh you know I'm kind of skipping through and I got home for a little bit stayed up to one and I'm like god I was sitting there like beating the drum like hey man Mike Leake wouldn't be too bad solid two win pitcher yeah this guy's getting Me too. like shellacked like, yeah I was like imagine wanting Mike Leake on your team it used to be me. <laughs> yeah, exactly,
1: man. Exactly. How, how far we have come in such a short amount of time. I just, like, I can't help but dream, dude. I can't help but dream. I'm always the guy that's, like, I I, I want to stay You're tempered. super optimistic. I can't believe it. I can't believe it. You
0: dropped it. it. We have a couple of Facebook threads. with uh, we got one going with our adult team. We've got one going with the uh, Mad Friars guys. And it's always, you always make sure to stop <laughs> in, like, a random hot take, like, Am I crazy? Am I crazy to think the Padres can win a wild card? it's like, this was before we signed Machado.
1: (laughs) Yeah, Dude, so my hot take today was that Mackenzie Gore is ready right now. That was my hot take today because I honestly believe that. I believe he could come up and be our five right now. I think the stuff is there. I think the command might be a little bit behind, but his stuff is so good that it would make up for it. I'm not saying bring him up right now, but I'm saying he's ready. He's better right now than a lot of pitchers in our organization. But... Dude, it's just... Yeah, I, I I can't say it enough, man. How excited I am. I, I I love to bitch on Twitter. It's one of my favorite things to do. And I don't know... If you guys have followed me for long enough, at fan, you know that when I... <laughs> <laughs> when I go on Twitter and I go on a rant about something, I'm never really that pissed... I just I think it's funny, and I like to get reactions out of people. You love to troll. I love to troll. I love to get reactions out of people. I love to stir shit up. I'm not ever nearly as mad as it may seem that I am. Last night, I was pretty pissed. So, let's talk a little bit about the rotation. Everyone was saying... Oh, oh. God, you were furious. We wanted Paddock to start opening day, because everyone knew he was going to make the rotation. Everyone knew, and we wanted him opening day. Well, we didn't really know. We kind of... Are they and, or aren't they? I'd, I think we are more... Confident. I think we were think more we confident
0: in Paddock. Like, we were like 75-25, he's going to make it. Yeah. And Tatis, like Urias was probably 90-10. And Tatis was like 30-70. Yeah. yeah, so
1: to my point, and it's like, okay, you know, I really believe Paddock is going to crack this rotation. So now I think it's either between Fuego, Joey Lucchesi, or Chris Paddock to start opening day. Oh. I want Chris Paddock real bad to start opening day. But if they pick Fuego, hey, you know what? That's they okay. pick we're Fuego. We're on Friday night anyways. Sure as shit, I'm sitting there. Eric Lauer, getting the opening day nod. I was leaving Costco on Sunday, and I fucking screamed. I was like, God damn it. I was so mad, dude. Eric Lauer. I can't <laughs> stand watching him pitch. Great guy. Met him a couple times. Real fun guy. He's 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 fun. Your, buddies, your but buddies. He's so boring to watch pitch, dude. And to to know that he's that he's out there and he has the rock for opening day, I'm like, oh. I'm gonna God. be honest
0: with you. They had March. Is it uh, it's Marjavich's, right? That's how you pronounce his name. I don't know. Marjavisus. Yeah. Marjavisus. Whatever. Right. When he had him throw, I'm like, Laura changes nothing. Oh, <laughs> it's like Manila soft tossing lefty. Yes, yeah. is, is what I think of like. I just like it's such a bummer, and, and to milk to, toast, <laughs> yes, milk toast, create a player, yes, you know, player one,
1: yeah, um, terrible,
0: and to top it off, not only did that have, we we're like, okay, well, maybe Fuego or you know, maybe Paddock goes Saturday because we don't think he's gonna go Friday
1: now, maybe he goes Saturday, to, to make- which. I bought tickets. I was in the Costco parking lot <laughs> and I was with my wife. I said, hey, I'm scrolling down Twitter. I right know a lot of people are saying that Paddock's probably gonna start Saturday. So I'm going on I'm going on Padres.com right now. I'm fucking buying tickets. You know what I did? I bought tickets. So I had tickets for Thursday. I have tickets for Friday. I have tickets for Saturday. And we play Sunday, so we're not and gonna we go. We play Sunday, so we're not gonna go. And I'm sitting, there, I'm like, hey, you know what, man? Fuck it. I get to go three of the first four games, I get to watch Chris Paddock's debut. And then last night. <laughs> last night happens. Here's how I here's <laughs> how I knew I was fucked and that Paddock was not going to make that start on Saturday. I opened up a Kevin Ac article and he said that he was starting Saturday. So I was like, <laughs> damn it. I was like, man, I am fucked. So, and then you look further and Dennis Lynn says, hey, he's starting Sunday. And that's not, and yes, I was furious. it. I was furious. I would have jumped through hoops
0: to try to make it to Saturday's game. Yeah.
1: Like picked up my kid. Okay, you're going to go to your grandma's. Bye. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, and I think I've even put on Twitter, I'll be like, and I was like, I will be goddamned if I miss Chris Paddock's major league debut. Well, we're going to be there for Tatis's debut. Sure as shit, I'm going to miss Chris Paddock's debut. But we get to be there for Tatis's debut. Yeah, I mean.
0: So, I mean, that's okay. That's a great consolation prize. No, I'm pretty bummed because I had a nice cowboy hat ready to go. Yeah. I had a nice cowboy hat ready to go. I was going to wear a Padre jersey over a flannel. <laughs>
1: Yeah. Which we'll do. One of these days, we're going to show up to one of his games, and we're going to go out there, and I'm going to get all cowboyed out. But um, for Dude, for Chris Paddock to come back from from the, the darkness that he's been through with that injury, like we we got to sit in when Kevin Charity interviewed him last year, and we got to record it, and we we're sitting there. And when he started talking about Tommy John, dude, you could see it, man. You could see the pain in the young man's eyes <laughs> when he was talking about it. You could tell how he was, much he had to go through.
0: He definitely took that Tommy John with the intention of trying to heal.
1: Yeah, yeah, it was, it was insane. But now he's here to compete, you know, so it's just... it's He's
0: definitely not here to roll over and get steamrolled in uh, in Major League Baseball. Yeah. He's a,
1: absolutely a pitcher. A start in San Diego is inevitable for the young men. That's where we're at right now. And so just seeing him... Seeing him go through that and, and knowing what he went through and knowing how hard it was for him and knowing the mentality that he took into that, saying, You know what, this sucks, but I'm gonna come back better. He and got he tried to get better while he was healing,
0: like he literally, it, it, you can tell when we were talking to him. Um, when Kevin was, and if you guys, you know, go back, it's it's still there on Matt Friars. five bucks a month, get rid of the cup of coffee. It's a great interview. And, and Kevin does a great job of kind of translating, like, Paddock's intensity because he's an intense guy. He is. He's very friendly and charismatic, but he's an intense interview. And yep. you can – we could see it watching him that, like, you can tell it really ate at him that he had to miss that full year. Like, he's the kind – like, I think everybody wants to compete and all that stuff. But, like, I think there's certain mentalities where – you like, I'm not a killer mentality guy, right? Like, it's just not my personality. Paddock is a red ass. He's going out there, and his uh, his job is to punch your ass out. And if he doesn't do it, he's pissed. Yeah, he's he's got that Jake Peavy, that good old boy in him, where yep. he's going out there and he's gonna steamroll
1: your ass or die trying. Yeah, you could put a Make a Wish kid in the batter's box. <laughs> <laughs> and Chris Paddock would want to fight him. Tough scene. <laughs> he Tough would want scene. to fight him. Tough yeah, scene. dude. But but just to see that, and I want to say it was Dennis Lynn who wrote the article. It was someone that wrote an article about Chris Paddock and what you know the the his road to recovery, his road to coming back. And he went in uh, when he met with the Padres front office brass, and he said, um, "I'm going to come back better than ever." When they said, "Hey, we're going to have you do Tommy John," he said, "I'm going to come back better than ever." And the next time you see me, uh, it'll be at Petco Park. I'm paraphrasing. So to see him actually do it. To see him actually do it and see where he's at right now, to make that debut, to see the look on his face, the, relief when, the he, relief. when he figured it out. Yeah, and reading. Yeah, I read the AC article again. I don't have a choice. Okay, so in reading to hear that he went into the into the uh, tunnel. And screamed. He was screaming. Called his called his parents. Called his brother um, during the game in the tunnel. I didn't read all this. Explain. Yeah. So he said that after he was told, he said he went in the dugout. He put his and,
0: glove up to his mouth. I noticed yeah. in the video where he's trying to like keep himself composed. Yeah. yeah. So
1: um, he he went in the dugout. He said, you know, I got I got I got misty eye there. You know, seeing all my teammates <laughs> got a little got a little tear in the eye there. Yeah, <laughs> seeing my teammates and everything. He said that he went into the tunnel, called his family. He's like, yeah, if you were there, you could probably hear me screaming. <laughs> so, <laughs> Dude, just just to ha- to know that he had that moment makes me really happy. And to, I, I looked at his numbers today, dude. His numbers throughout his minor league career—it's video game numbers. You said it perfectly. It's like he had the video game on on rookie level. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I love. And you mentioned like he came back. I'm gonna be better than ever. Not
0: only was he better, he made a joke of the minor leagues. Oh yeah. Like he showed up and had pitched in a year, and he just carved guys up like it wasn't anything. He was clearly head and shoulders better. Than
1: everybody else that was down there. To see him going against that lineup for the Mariners yesterday, they had their they had a lot of their big guys in there. In he carved his ass up, dude. Absolutely carved him ass. Like it's nothing, dude, like he's facing some high A scrub. Yeah. And dude, to see him going right after those guys, I put on That's called poise. I put on Twitter, dude, I said Chris Paddock does not give one motherfuck who's in the batter's <laughs> box. All he knows is he's gonna smoke that fool. And dude, I've I can't tell you how long I've waited for a pitcher like him. We haven't had one since Jake Peavy. And now we have Chris Paddock. And we have Mackenzie Gore right behind him. And
0: Patino right behind him. And Morahone probably sandwiched in the
1: middle. We're right there, baby. I
0: mean, even Ryan Weathers looked good striking out Mexicans the other night. I mean, (laughs)
1: like, we're so loaded. Absolutely loaded. It is an exciting time. Let's not... Hold on. I want to ask you. So we have Lauer on Thursday. We have (sighs) um, Fuego, uh, Lucchese on Friday. We have Paddock on Sunday. We have... um, Strom, on Monday. Who's still on Saturday? What Bob do You think Erland? Because I, I think I it's probably going to be Erlin too. I, I, I think they'll go bullpen day. I think so. Here's my problem. Here's On my, a nationally televised game. <laughs> I don't think they should make their
0: decisions based on silly stuff like that. Yeah, but, but still, come like, on, man. Like, if I was going to make a decision, I'm thinking, okay. Like, because you have to play part psychiatrist, right? Like, part psychologist. Like, if I'm thinking, like, okay, who do I want to give the start to on a Saturday? Who's going to be the most motivated to say if you're on, you're going to be on national television tonight? I would have given it to Paddock! Absolutely. Like, give it to Paddock. Like, he's of all the guys like, hey, by the way, you're going to be pitching in front of, like, you know, national televi- nationally televised audience on Absolutely. Fox Sports 1. Like, yeah. But I, I do think... Like, if you don't give him
1: opening day, give them that.
0: They don't have a five-starter. I put on Twitter, and we've talked to the Mad Friars guys, and I've said, like, like to me, the guy you throw out there in the sink or swim is the guy who's basically last on your depth chart. I throw Quantrill into, like, the starting... I mean, to me, I think Quantrill... I wouldn't hate it. I wouldn't hate it just because I don't see it with him. Like, I I hung on to the Quantrill bandwagon probably longer than I should have because I wanted to believe in the stuff and the upside and the makeup, but watching him in the spring, it's, like, devastating changeup and nothing else. He's basically Brian Mitchell with a better second... with a better out pitch, and it's, like, the fastball goes all over the place. Who knows where it's going? Like, I would let him get the start and put him in the rotation and give him, you know... 20, 30 innings this month just to see if like throwing shit against the wall sticks. Next guy in line's Logan Allen. Like I'd be okay with Logan Allen if he cracked the roster. Um, but I do think at this point, I think they would have announced it by now. If either
1: one of those guys made the roster, yeah, they would have announced
0: it. I, I think so too. And they can't, I was talking to, to Kevin charity the other day about like, what the hell are you going to do about the rotation? Because we were pretty confident it was going to be paddock, you know, and Strom and you know, which I'm pumped that Strom is, is legit in the rotation. And obviously, Lucasian and Lauer. So, we're, we're thinking, like, what what else could they do? Well, they could do Bob Berlin They could do a bullpen game. You know, they could do Allen. And it's kind of like they don't really have, like, Nick's going down kind of threw a wrench in everything. Because even though he's having a bad spring, I think they were just going to run with him. So, at this point, I, I'm okay with, like, I, I want to protect Logan Allen because I like his upside more than Quantrill.
1: You're just trying to save John Cena a dollar.
0: <laughs> I don't care about John Cena. I've never even seen that guy. Yeah, me neither. So. <laughs> so
1: <laughs> Son of a bitch. I know. You set it up on Too a Too easy.
0: Every now and then I'll run into a nice soft line drive. <laughs> but, um, you know, I, like, I'm willing to like say, hey, you know, Logan Allen, you know, you're tough. We'll go of it. You know, I'm really, I'm ready. I'm willing to let him go down in AAA and, you know, face some more advanced hitters and work on some things. Like, throw Quantrill out there. Like, at this point, like, he's last on your depth chart. I'd rather see Quantrill. I already know what I'm going to get out of Mitchell. I know what I'm going to get out of Bob Erland. He can't get past the lineup once, you know, more than once. I've seen more than enough of Luis Perdomo. I hung on to that train a little too long. Yeah. So, I've seen enough of him. He got opted to minor league camp, and I think uh, he was only throwing, like, an inning at a time anyway. So, like, run Quantrill on there. You know, have Mitchell ready to be your long guy and then hope to God. Um I mean, you know, the Marlins put Straley on waivers. I'd be okay with them picking him up, at least in the interim, but I would really be big. Like, go out and say, hey, Keiko, you want 240? Here it is. I don't even think he would take that much. I don't think so either, but just sign him and say, hey, you're going to pitch in, like, extend into AAA for a month, and then we're going to bring you up in May, and at that point, pick up Dan Straley, hope he eats some innings, and can at least, you know, tread water, and then bring Keiko up in May and call it a day.
1: Yeah, I, I tend to think that Saturday is going to be a bullpen day, which – you know, Christ. I know, but initially when you when you hear it on the surface, it's like, oh man, that hopefully sucks. they'll be two and zero, oh, and we're just like, well, we'll give them one. You think about it. Yesterday's last night's game with Paddock was essentially a bullpen game because yeah. he threw two and two That's thirds. What spring training pretty much is. Well, yeah, but you look at dude, their bullpen shredded those fools yesterday. <laughs> so if you show yesterday, because I have actually gone over and looked, I know Paddock threw obviously. Paddock Bob Stock Struck out
0: four in like two and a third. Uh, Winginter oh Bob yesterday. Stock made Encarnacion look awful.
1: Yeah, dude, absolutely, he shredded. Red them up, and their bullpen, dude. Their bullpen shoved last night. So if they do a bullpen game on Saturday night, hey, showcase you know some what? of those guys. They might guys, go with dude. Warren.
0: Warren, I think, could be a swing man. So maybe they'll go with like a combination of like Warren. Mitchell stock and then you know hope that you know Warren and Mitchell can maybe eke out four or five innings and then just go one arm after another basically just go through the assembly line of relievers
1: but but you you can't stick with that all year though no 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 no, I
0: think that's just for now I think that I think they need to either pick up Dan Straley and hope to God or just say we're gonna run Allen or Quantrill out there and see if shit sticks I'd be more open to Quantrill not because I think he's better but just because I think he's the one guy I think you can throw out there at this point and see what he's got and if he sucks stick him in the bullpen because i think he'd be a decent bullpen arm at this point but he's the one guy i'm willing to be the sacrificial lamb because i think the industry consensus is that he's down as a prospect he's been leapfrogged by numerous people yeah i mean i i, I know there's some stuff talking up quantrell about you know he's, he's trying to be competitive but it's like dude he's been lapped yeah. by pretty much any top tier arm in the system like He's well behind Patino at this point. He might be down there with Pedro Vila. other than he just happened to me in AAA. Yeah. Like, I think Reggie Lawson has leapfrogged him. Right. Um, so, he's the sacrificial lamb. Like, he's the prospect where maybe he's got some post-prospect type. Maybe he sticks. And if he doesn't, maybe you can figure out a role in the bullpen. But, like, if you're going to bullpen it, I, I would let Quantrill see what he can do and, and figure it out from there. See – Is he on
1: the 40 man, by the way? I'm not sure. I'm not sure, but see, I, I see that and then I also I also see what I'm about to tell you right now. So they you know, their bullpen is good enough and I think their bullpen is durable enough and mixing the off days at the beginning of the year, which they have a really weird off day the fr- the Friday, like next Friday in uh, in St. Louis, they have an off day, which is super random. We have random a Friday. Off days. That's such a weird like Monday, Thursday. That makes sense. Friday's I did. I did see or I heard uh, Casavale and Darren Smith today say that they have a stretch pretty soon where they have eleven games in eleven days. So I mean, minus that, you have the off days. You have the opportunity to kind of maybe skip a turn in the rotation to where you don't necessarily need five guys. I think that. You can get through the bullpen for, what, two, three weeks, maybe. Three turns in the rotation. You can do a bullpen day in that spot to where it's not Paddock, Lucchese, Strom, or yeah. um, Lauer. Lauer. Excuse Come me. on, man. That's my opening day starter right now. <laughs> That's there. how forgettable he is. Yes. Okay. So in that meantime, guess who's in the wings? Guess who's getting warmed up? Guess who's Guess who's getting ready? Who? Dallas Keiko. I'm calling it right now, dude. They're going to sign Dallas Keiko. I think it makes a lot of sense at this point. It like, does. Them starting the year with Tatis in Major League. I was just going to say that. They're ready now. They're going for it now. And if you're going for it now, you sign Dallas Keuchel. I think that's what they're doing. I think it's coming. I think it's happening.
0: I, I think it makes a lot of sense to let him work out for I, – I think it's going to take a while. Like I think it's going to take like a month. Because the, the, the Baltimore signed Alex Cobb, who I thought was a decent signing. But he fucking sucked last year. I think a lot of it is because he signed really late. Yeah. So if on the Padres, I think... Andy po- Keats
1: just punched a wall. <laughs> <laughs> but I think... I think...
0: Uh, well, at least he gets to still watch Machado. Yeah. Life could be worse. Yeah. but Andrew um, Kashner,
1: opening day starter for the Warriors. <laughs> <laughs> Woof.
0: <laughs> Ooh, boy.
1: Yeah. Oh, man. That's uh, that's big lots, Chris Paddock. That's pick and save, Chris Paddock. <laughs> pick and save. Good Great Lord. value, Chris Paddock. Yeah. <laughs> Good Lord.
0: Oh god, that's actually I got a better one. That's wish Chris There you go. There you go.
1: <laughs>
0: or DH Gate for all you Jersey lovers out. There. Yeah, of course our thoughts and prayers go to Hanby Keith <laughs> this time <in> the morning. <laughs> he's probably stopped listening by now. I think he's drank half a bottle of chloroform. Probably once boy. he gets to this portion. Anyways, um god, I lost my uh my Oh, Kaikala, he, he makes sense because you're right. Like they're going for it obviously with Tatis. I think that's a move where it said like we're here we're going to try to win now. Mm-hmm. Like by not trading a bunch of guys like there were talks like they're still talking to Cleveland about starters. Yeah, I that could happen too. Yeah, I throw out there like, hey, maybe they should like try to move like, you know, get Shane Bieber, who seems like he I mean, he's not like a super high prospect, but I mean, he looks like he's gonna be a solid back end starter. But if you get Keiko, he only costs a draft pick, which they're more than willing to eat money to get. And at this point, I don't think they should be prioritizing draft picks. Um Agreed. And I probably did say something like hopefully this is the last time we pick in the top ten. Yeah. So I think that if if this is the case, like if you're you're bringing up Tatis, Paddock's breaking camp. Like you're not focusing on service time. Rios clearly isn't a service time issue. I really do think it is a production issue and and a mechanical issue to try to it. get him going. I buy that. Um, I think if if that's really the that's really the approach, I think it makes sense to get Kaiko. let him warm up for you know forty six weeks. You know, down in in double A AA or triple A and on the back lots, let him get going, and then bring him up. And that could be like, hey, you know what? We're in the middle of May. We're round 500 baseball let's bring up Keiko. he's gonna eat some innings he's fresh and he's he's gonna come over here and get a bunch of ground balls and hopefully this will help spark us and then plus you've got other like logan allen could be coming up at that point and you know maybe urias is coming up at that point so i think it does make sense i would just hope yeah give him a pillow contract like hey i'll tell you we'll tell you what we won't offer you a qualifying offer at the end of the year we'll give you a one-year 20 million dollar deal we'll have a 20 million dollar option that you cannot or two-year deal you can opt out but if you opt out, we can't give you the qualifying offer. So
1: that's fair. Yeah, yeah. I th- like, I think we it's want fair. a
0: two-year deal guaranteed. If you opt out, we won't give you the qualifying offer. Well, you know,
1: John Heyman says that Dallas Keuchel is as tough off the mound as he is on the mound because he's still holding out for the money he thinks he deserves. Is that John Heyman concert. wrote that? That sounds like somebody else would have wrote that. Yeah, like Scott Boris or something, right? No, that's <laughs> not who I'm thinking of. But I'll tell you later. Yeah. So, oh, I, I know who you're talking <laughs> about. I don't think, yeah, I don't think he has a connection with the young man, but um, <laughs> I, I really feel like they're, go- I feel like, like Kaiko's going to happen, and I feel like it should happen. And I'm, I'm on board now. I'm way more on board now than I was a, a couple weeks ago for a couple of reasons. You see, the 2019 free agent class, uh, pitching, starting pitching wise, these guys are dropping like flies. <laughs> right after I said, hey, Verlander gets us to a World Series next year. <laughs> The Astros listened to our podcast, and they said, we need to lock this guy up. Jeff Luno, man. I'm a big fan. I'm a big
0: fan. I'm going to download uh, the audio uh, book of uh, Astro Ball, so they'll yeah. be listening to that. But yeah, I predicted 260 would get the job done. Yeah,
1: and it, and it he ended signed for two, 266. 266. So Verlander, nice. Verlander's gone. You have uh, Chris Sale gone. Gone. Degrom wasn't a free agent next year, I don't think. He was getting close though. Getting close. Gone. Extension. Uh, Kyle Hendricks extension. All these guys are extending, dude, left and right, and it's coming to the point where, hey, you know what? You got to kind of take what you can get at this point. And Keiko is right there. He's not terrible. He's not terrible. He's a
0: very good number three starter. Like he, he's not going to be an ace, but he fits. The problem with I have with the Potter's rotation is that. We know, and we were talking to my cousin, AJ, about it, you know, in a thread, like, oh, we know Andy Green's going to baby him. I don't think that's always the manager. I think it's the GM a lot of times. Like, Mike Rizzo made the call to not have Strasburg. I'm pretty sure whoever was the manager at the time was like, no, I want him in there. But they're, you know, they, they, they took their sweet time and, you know, they babied him. So my issue with the Padres is a lot of young guys. Like, Strom has never started a full major league season, right? Paddock hasn't even had a full minor league season, technically. Um, neither has Lauer. I think the only... I mean, kind of Lauer. Like, the only guy I can, with any confidence, say, like, can can kind of replace Clayton Richard's inning, you know, eaten innings of, like, 180 is Lucchese. Right. I think Lauer could do it, too. I think his issue is, is he's going to be good enough to actually do it. If he pitches to a four or four and a half ERA, then, yeah, I think you can get 180 innings out of him and Lucchese. But Strom and Paddock are question marks. We don't even have a, a, a number three starter technically, so... Kaiko fits in that as long as he's healthy, you know he's going to give you 200, 220 innings. He's kind of like James Shields when you got him in that, even if he... I think he's better than Shields now. Um, he's younger, and he is, he's coming off better production, I think. But you know you can get 200, 220 innings out of him. And I think that's where the value is. They're not going to get that this year now because he's going to have a late start. But I think you sign him with the idea of, ah, he's not going to be our number one from a standpoint of like production. That's probably Paddock. But he'll be our number one in that he's going to give us innings, he's going to be Mr. Reliable, and we know that we can save the bullpen for other games because he's going to be in there giving us six or seven every single night. Because that's my one scare with the Potters is that, yeah, they have – I'm not big on Quantra, but they have Logan Allen. I think Morahone being in double-A, I don't think there's an unrealistic chance. I think somebody – I can't remember who it was. Some outlet had a hot take that Morahone could crack uh, the major leagues this year, which he might, and I yep. believe in bringing starters up as like – long relievers like the cardinals do it constantly i think it's a brilliant idea um so we have some reinforcements and i can't see them trading the farm to try to make a push knowing that like hey if we don't make it this year like yeah we want to win and we're willing to do something like the you know the the braves did but we're not going to mortgage everything because we know like we have a long window of uh contention as long as we stay healthy so i think keiko fits in that they can get a guy to give them 150 160 innings and then, you know, Lamette should be coming back this year and hopefully can use him. You've got Allen, maybe Morahone, maybe Baez. So you can kind of mix and match with your young guys to stretch guys out and, and get innings from the whole year while still having that one horse. Because that's what we don't have. Like, if you can get Keiko in there with Lauer and Lucchese, I think they can all give you 160, 70 innings. I think that, that... That makes me like our chances of getting that wild card more yeah. than if we don't get Keiko and we're just kind of trying to patch job it and hoping these young... You can't rely on a full prospect driven rotation like at least not in the sense that they're trying to do it like the Indians are getting away with it but it took them some time to get to that point like those guys were established right like they didn't just show up out of nowhere I think they need to sign Keiko like go out and get Strayley let him start for a little bit and then just DFA him when Keiko's ready because they need somebody to go in there and give him innings because these young guys the last two or three guys aren't gonna do it
1: well Keiko's gonna one he's gonna give you innings and two, he's going to induce weak contact, dude. He, to the left side of the infield. To the left my side dad. of the infield, which ours is elite, as you can tell now. Elite. We've touched on more than enough times. we got to get Uncle Teddy to say the word elite. He's going he's gonna to be, he's solid against left-handed batters, which there's a few in the National League West. So, a, a few guys that you're going to be facing, I mean, look at the Rockies, they have a couple solid left-handed hitters. You look at Bellinger in L.A., which, if you put him in the playoffs, he's fucking terrible. I
0: can't wait to smoke Bud Black. Yeah. I mean, you, you have, uh, you have Brandon Crawford
1: wait. up in uh, San Francisco. Brandon crawford brandon bell i mean you you have you have some decent lefties in our division yeah bellinger and seager everything adds up dude like i I really feel like and i'll I'll say it again i feel like they are a dallas keiko away from contending for the wild card i agree i I really think they do and to that point i said earlier in the season this is this is earlier in season i said hey if they make the playoffs i'm recreating that fernando tatis photo shoot (laughs) So you guys might see me. Sweet Jesus. You guys might, might see me on the, God, I got to hit that. I got to get back on keto, dude, if I'm going to do that again. But yeah, man. It's, it's right there, man. It's right there.
0: It is right there. Now, let's let's touch real quick. Do you think, and we kind of touched on it just a little bit, um, but realistically, like, do you think they're going to announce the Tatis extension by opening day? Hot I, take. Yes or no? Right now, tell me. Yes. I do, too.
1: I, I think they will. I do,
0: too. James Clark just tweeted out right now that, like, we'd be fools to not think, like, there's got to be something going on. And I agree with him.
1: I 100% agree, like. Well, he's clearly just biting off my tweet earlier. Because I, <laughs> I put out there that sources say they're nearing an ascension, dude. They're working on it. Really? Yeah. I didn't see that. I tell you, ever since this news got
0: announced, like, my my feed has been bogged down. Yeah. I'm going to start uh, unfollowing, like. Uh, so
1: I'll tell you what, gosh. when it happens, you guys can credit me, Dennis Lynn. Wait a minute. Wait, 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 wait,
0: wait, 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 wait. Excuse me. Whoa, 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 whoa. I said they should give him the extension when we did the mobile pod because they can eliminate all the service time malarkey and just
1: say, give him a 10-year contract, then you don't worry about it. We've both been saying it for a while, but what I'm saying is I tweeted it out today uh, okay. that they're nearing you an extension. Okay, right. When well, my sources come to me with this information, okay, I let it out there. I let you guys know. I told you guys the day before Machado was going to sign. I said, he's signing tomorrow. So Guess audio what? He signed the next day. It's coming, dude. They're going to sign Tatis. You also decision. did
0: predict Tatis was going to be here. We predicted yep. Justin Verlander's salary. So
1: No, that's not a prediction. That's a well-known fact. Oh. <laughs> it's not my fault. I know shit before you guys do. Oh, okay, God. And that's why you guys listen to the 5.5 podcast. And that's why we appreciate you tuning in. We
0: absolutely do. No Twitter questions uh, this week.
1: So I want to talk about that. We're going to start recording Mondays, right? Regularly. Starting next week on April Fool's Day, which is very fitting. So we're going to start doing a weekly podcast. We're going to get back in the weekly rotation starting next Monday. And we want to kind of beef up the Padres Twitter segment. Because it's one of our favorite segments. And I know I'm going to completely regret this.
0: Yeah, I, I like the idea in theory. And then when you played it out of how it might work, I thought <laughs> this could be a train wreck yeah. in the making.
1: It's going to be a train wreck. But I'm asking you guys, please, don't make us regret it. Okay? Yes, We're going to give you one shot for the first time. We're going to take a chance on
0: you to really be a part of the show and not by giving us sorry quips on Twitter. This is your real opportunity to become podcast, to reach... Near Andy Mazzone echelons
1: of podcast famous. No one can ever get near Andy Mazzone. No, but we can be the next year. We can't all be Mike Trout, but we can be Mookie Betts. I want to make it more interactive because I think the most fun thing that has happened out of us starting this for, was this our third year of doing it? Fourth, I think. I don't know. Whatever. The most fun thing about it is the interaction that we get from you guys. So I love the Padres Twitter segment. I want to take it to the next level, I want to make it more interactive. So what I'm going to do next week, next Monday, I'm going to post. We, we're going to record probably around 5.30 or 6 p.m. So maybe an hour, hour and a half to two hours before the pod. I'm going to post up there. I'm going to ask for your Twitter questions. You can, of course, tweet tweet at us um, in response to that thread, which is always appreciated. What I'm also going to do, I'm putting my phone number out there. Okay, oh, I'm going to add my phone number on there. And I'm not going to answer your calls because I don't want to fucking talk to you. I'm going to send you straight to voicemail. So we want to get your clips, okay? We're gonna play the voicemails on the pod. We'll react to it in real time. So if you guys want to do whatever, if you guys come with it, like, uh, hey, uh, who's Big Spoon? You or Danny? That's probably not gonna get played, and we're probably never gonna do it again. So don't make me regret it, okay? <laughs> I wanna <to> have, <laughs> I wanna have at least a couple. You're and eliminating
0: s- like half the half the listenership right now. And
1: I swear to God, if I get signed up for any gay porn sites, <laughs> if I get some Chew text text messages. I'm, it's done. Okay. Some Craigslist ad call. It's done. It's gonna be a one and done, and I have a feeling it's gonna be one and done anyways. But we're putting our faith in you guys, and we appreciate you sticking with us. So don't make us regret it. You have anything else before we go? I do not, man. I do
0: not. All I want to say to everybody is that uh, you know we've 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 waited a long time. This is the most hype this team has ever had since 1998. I said when I first started being a Padre fan, it was because of Tony Gwynn, and I didn't really give two shits about the Padres other than Tony Gwynn played on them. <laughs> It wasn't until he retired that you know I, I really became a true Padre fan. So it has been. That was in 2001. So we really haven't had much of a reason to watch the team, guys. Let's fucking enjoy this. Let's like it's a bummer your race is done, but let's stop shitting on each other. Let's stop arguing. Let's stop oh no, 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 analytics no. and all that stuff. At least for this week. <laughs> let's and not let, go that far. Let's just enjoy for a week. Hold hands sing kumbaya and let's just enjoy that. This is probably in the last 15 to 20 years, the best time to be a San Diego Padres fan. And we fucking deserve it.
1: Yep, I'll agree with that 100%. So uh, we'll be out there opening day. Uh, find us on Twitter. He's at 5.5Dan. I'm at MiserableSDFan. Uh, find us No longer there. miserable. No longer miserable. We'll be there opening day. I'm going to get down there. I'm going to go to Bootlegger, probably around 10 for Ben and Wood's show. And then I'm going to stumble over to Corey Stewart's tailgate. And then I'm going to stumble into the ballpark. So find us opening day. We'll be there. Um, the next day, Beer Fest will be there as well.
0: You have a better chance to see me at Beer Fest than you do opening day.
1: Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, find us there. Hit us up on Twitter. Uh, we love hanging out with you guys. And uh, like you said before, and like I'll say again, the time is now. Let's fucking go. We're out of here.